Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to talk. I would love for you to start by giving us a really nice introduction about who you are and what your platform is, um, because I know who you are, but you really are the expert. So why don't you let us know? Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ati. I'm known as Miss Ati on YouTube. So it began, everything began with the YouTube channel. Um, we have classes, tutorials, choreography, everything you could want is on there. Um, and then we just launched our little dance app, T and Me Studio. So I kind of have these two, um, you know, two things going uh, at the same time, and they're so fun. So teacher, choreographer, YouTuber, dog lover, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> I love that. I can relate in regards to having like so many things to have to be overseeing in regards to like the business aspect. I have to the point nutrition. I've got my website, dancenutrition.com. And it's pretty overwhelming um, to have to really oversee and balance all of these different outlets. So mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about your journey. I know this is a bit of a, a loaded question, basically from where you began um, through your dance journey and, you know, how you got to what you're doing now, which is offering so many incredible resources to not just dancers, but really anyone with an interest and a passion for dance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So I have a, a super classic story of starting dance when I was three um, and it just kind of stuck. So I danced all through school and um, competed, did all the things. Um, and then I went to college where I majored in dance. Um, and that's where my like love of dance on film started. Um, Cause a lot of people are like, Ati, how did you get into YouTube? Cause YouTube was kind of a newer platform ish. Um, and it was honestly an accident, Rachel. I had to upload something for a college um, assignment. We could either dance, um, like a, a composition piece in person or show a video of it. And I was like, I'm going to show a video. So the day of, I can just kind of sit there, you know, and watch. Yeah. Um, and so I had to start a YouTube channel because that's the only way I knew how to kind of, you know, share a link and play it and whatnot. Anyway, after that moment, I was like, whoa, dance looks really, really cool on camera. It looks so different than when you just see it kind of with, you know, your eyes in a live concert. Um, and I have amazing friends who are film majors and we just started to kind of collaborate and learn. And our first videos are so bad. <laughs> they are just 
horrific, um, but we learned along the way. And then kind of the YouTube channel was, was created um, and we started to just upload content, didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what kind of content, um, but that's kind of my style too, is to just like kind of pedal to the metal until you figure out what you're doing. Um, so kind of from that like happenstance, we recreated the channel and it just kind of took off. Yeah. So cool. And again, so relatable having a passion for something just really, but from what it sounds like diving in without knowing, you know, what could happen in regards to like what you're talking about, you know, being on film and taking dance to the, to film, but not just to film to like people's fingertips, right. Where again, like you're now translating information to the masses and of all different levels. So I'm curious about where your passion, not just to show dance, but to start integrating, teaching others. How did that integrate into all of this that was happening? Yeah. So, okay. So I've been teaching since I was like 15. I'm 28. Yeah. So it's, you know, the classics. I was teaching at the same time. And so it was kind of just like a natural skill set that I had. Um, and then when we started to upload content, we were, we as in my, um, business partner, Braden and I, he does all the videos. He's, he was like, okay, what kind of content should we put out there? And I was like, I don't know. I wonder if people would want to like take an online class. And at that moment, online classes were just not really a thing. And now I know people are so used to online classes. Um, but we just started with like really baby tutorials just to see what it would be like, you know, like a five minute TheraBand exercise, a little, a little point and flex kind of a, a thing. And then the community started to build. And honestly, I, I started implementing more teaching tools because it was so well received. I love my community and my dancers, as I'm sure you do too. They're so sweet and they're so excited about what we're putting out there. Um, and they just kept commenting like, oh, this is amazing. I haven't seen a class like this before. Can you upload something on this? And they would like give me ideas, you know? Um, and so we kind of just rolled with that. The more we heard from them, the easier it was to be kind of tapped into what um, people needed and what they were searching for and not finding. Um, and then it just became natural to kind of create ideas that people wanted to see. Similar to what you do, similar to what I do, having these platforms and being able to provide others with more digestible information so they can learn. And then they're the ones like that are seeking this out from you. So they're coming to you with this interest and this passion and it just makes it, makes it that much more fun. So I remember when I was training there, you know, you had your teachers at your studio and that really was it. If you did some summer intensives, like you got exposed to some things, but it wasn't as much as the exposure you can have now. Um, so in regards to other dancers learning different types of techniques, different types of movement, same thing with me about a different way in regard to not being restrictive around food. It's yeah. so incredible to have that in your journey from being a dancer and of course being an educator when did you put the dots together in regards to like food having an impact on your energy and on your performance yes okay so this is a big one for me um this is is so obvious and it was in college when I was finally on my own <laughs> and I kind of had to like fend for myself um in all regards but especially with food um and kind of fueling my body um I didn't quite understand 
the connection. Honestly, I, I actually never thought about it, if I'm being totally transparent. Um, in high school, you know, I lived with my parents, and my mom would make this delicious food and, and all of this. Sorry, my pup's whining. <laughs> and, you know, I was fueled constantly. I didn't even think about it. Like, oh, I have this snack. I have this delicious meal. I have this and that. And I was just focused on dancing. But when I got to college, and it was just me, and I was dancing so many hours a day, more than I ever have in my entire life, it really took a toll on me because I wasn't really taking care of myself and nourishing my body. Um, and so it got, you know, it got a little bit rough and I had, it was kind of a, a rock bottom for me where I was like, okay, I have to figure this out. I have to learn about food. I have to learn about fueling my body and my specific body. I'm still learning. It's still a healing process with food and, you know, my mind and body and all of that, which I'm sure you understand. Um, but yeah, it was definitely in college for me that I was like, okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We help ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, it's again something that is so common. I was just speaking with a dancer actually earlier today who's a freshman in college who's starting to not just experience being on her own because that is a huge learning curve that so many collegiate dancers have to experience. Um, but also just the idea of a changing body. What happens during those years of going from high school to going to college, a lot of dancers are also coming into themselves, coming into their bodies. Um, there are so many changes going on um, and of course now add on top of that the challenges of like not having the um, privilege or access to food at home 24 7 like you having you having to be really more on top of fueling your own body and like you said nourishing your body providing your body with the calories that it needs to function to, to have energy I had that too. Those collegiate dance days are not easy. You've got classes yeah. in the morning. You've got rehearsals. <laughs> then, you, then you've got like the workshop rehearsals. It is not yeah. easy <laughs> to, to get through. So being able to, you know, as you said, figure that out. By the way, when we were in school, it was harder, you know, at least now. Well, I'm sorry. It, it's hard no matter how you look at it because a lot of dancers, we can see social media now as being very difficult in regards to like increased comparison. So it's, it was yeah. hard then, it's hard now. But my point is that dancers now have the access to resources, whether those are your resources, whether they're my resources, whatever it might be to quote unquote, figuring it out. Absolutely. I feel like when I was figuring it out, it really was just me kind of like, you know, gritting my teeth through it. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I think those those college days were, um, it was a lot harder to get by with the strategies that I had in place. Those mm -hmm. strategies were like exposed immediately because I had eight, 10 hour days, you know, like you mm -hmm. said, class into rehearsal, into Pilates, into like all of these things. Um, and so very quickly, I realized the way that I was kind of functioning was not going to be sustainable. Yeah. And that's such a big word, making sure that you're finding sustainable habits that can help keep you going. Now, a lot of dancers face those um, unfortunate pressures around body image. And of course, we are, at least here on my platform, always trying to encourage that, you know, we try and think of more helpful uh, rather than unhelpful body image thoughts. It might not necessarily be full-blown body acceptance right now, but if we can focus on body appreciation and tools like that to help bridge this gap that a lot of dancers do face. How have you been able to navigate the pressures of body image 
throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a great question. And I feel like that's something that even professional dancers, we know professional dancers are, are still struggling with. So it's pretty wild to me that just from the beginning of starting your dance journey, whether it's three years old, five, 10, 15, whatever, all the way through becoming a professional, there's still just this kind of um, difficulty with body image and expectations and like quote unquote requirements in the dance world that are just absolute garbage in my eyes. College sticks out to me so much. I loved my program and I loved dancing, but when you're now in a room, I went to a really small high school. So when you're now in a room with 50 dancers and you're just constantly kind of looking in the mirror and you're looking at everybody else, it's, it's such a human thing to kind of think, well, okay, I don't look like this person. All of those thoughts kind of come into your head. Um, I think over time, what I learned for myself is that I feel the best in my body when I feel strong. And I have learned that I like to use dance and whatever kind of movement exercise that you like to do, whether it's walking, I love Pilates, um, not for specific, not specifically for body image, but to feel strong and to feel connected with your body. So I moved and then I was like, okay, this, that, that feeling of connecting with your body and appreciating your body for what it can do, um, and aiming for strength and feeling like powerful and feeling powerful over an aesthetic has served me so much more than aiming to look like a specific idea. One thing that you are describing that I think is really important for dancers to hear is this idea of utilizing movement, not for the sake of attaining any one type of body ideal, but yeah. rather taking it into a more intuitive approach and utilizing, you know, as dancers, most of us, we have been naturally in an environment where we're moving our bodies for so many years. So it makes sense that when we are not moving, when we're sitting for long periods of time, like we just physically might not like feel so good. I know same thing with me. If you're traveling, you just kind of like your muscles feel sticky. Everything feels like, Oh, you gotta like just get up and start stretching. Yeah. And the important thing of what you're explaining is that it doesn't have to be intense, crazy movement. All it has oh. to be is what we call joyful movement, something that makes you feel good physically and mentally, not in the sense of making up for, you know, quote unquote, making up for calories that were eaten or um, utilizing movement in a way that is disparaging to your body and so forth. Right. Ra rather utilizing movement as a way to feel good as an outlet, you know, to relieve stress. And of course, for dancers to dance and express their art. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's something that like, I really pride myself on too with with my platform, I feel like although we're doing two different things in this industry, our values are very similar where I like to really promote feeling good in your body without again, trying to attain a specific body image. Um, yeah. And also just kind of that joy of movement. I love that. I say that so much. It's returning to like, why are you moving? Why does this feel good? Like just letting go of kind of all those things that have been placed on training dancers and coming back to um, the passion and the joy behind all of it, I think is so important. And it's something that's hard. It's harder um, to do, um, you know, easier said than done, but um, it's really, really important. Yeah.
And also it's easy for dancers to lose sight of their passion when they are obsessing about harsh, intense, crazy cross-training routines and so forth. How do you encourage your dancers now to stay balanced in regards to them as dancers, as humans and so forth? I fully relate to this, um, not just with dance, with anything. I tend to just focus straight into what I'm doing, and that's the yep. best way to get burnt out on truly anything. Um, and as someone who has gotten burnt out on dance uh, before, you know, that's inevitable in training for so, so, so long. Um, I learned that stepping away is crucial. Again, the word sustainable comes back. If you're 100% all of the time, you're going to just burn out so quickly. But if you kind of just give to dance, you give to class, give to rehearsal, you know, for this little chunk of time, and then you allow yourself to step back, go do something else. It's okay to have another hobby, go for a walk, go get coffee or tea with a friend, like allow yourself to have that not only physical, but mental break from such an intense um, training or like art form, um, then you'll be able to come back to it so much more refreshed. Um, and I, I don't think it's healthy really to have 100% of your energy into any one thing. Um, mm -hmm. And again, Rachel, this is something that I'm still, still working on, but it's giving a little bit of myself to something and then allowing other things in your life, family, friends, other hobbies, you time, me time, right? To just um, also to get, uh, take those parts of yourself is, is just as important as well. Um, dance, dance is always there. That's something that I always tell my uh, community is that dance is not going anywhere. So it's okay to to take a, a break for a moment. The, the word break is like so scary to dancers, I feel. Uh, yeah. But I think that a break can actually be used in benefit of your dance training and it's not um, a detrimental or a negative thing. Um, so to answer your question, step back, step back from your training to actually be able to give more to it later. Yeah, I love this advice. There is this unspoken rhetoric well it's not really unspoken it's actually spoken pretty pretty loudly <laughs> rhetoric in the dance world that's like like you said the idea of taking a break is scary for dancers to hear because there is this idea that dance to be a successful dancer you have to be extremely driven you have to be extremely motivated you have to do check all of this stuff off your list when in fact all that's going to lead you to is burnout at some point if not injury right that's like a whole separate conversation and the idea of taking full time off whether it's a week whether it's two weeks maybe i've spoken to dancers on this program where they've taken like years off and have come back to a professional career and yeah. been more successful both physically and mentally. It is so important. It's so important for dancers to hear people like yourself, you know, say this because I, I don't know about you. I find where I'll have like messages from dancers where they're almost asking for permission. I wish dancers would see that they can give themselves this permission, that they don't need permission from us, but it's still really helpful to hear someone like yourself say that. Absolutely. And, you know, not to go on a tangent, but I actually, and I'm very open about this. I actually took a semester off. I needed to step away. So that was literally me stepping back. Um, and it was hard. Oh my gosh. It was hard to tell all my friends, Hey, I'm going home for a semester. 
I'm going to, you know, graduate a semester later than everyone. I'm going home. I need time to be with my family. Um, I got to kind of recalibrate what's going on, like physically and mentally. Um, you know, I tell all my teachers, it was a really hard um, step, but it was so necessary. And when I came back after that semester, I literally was just thriving. Okay. I was like dancing my best. I was enjoying all my time with my friends. I had so much energy. I was so excited and happy. And, um, it, it just proved that that really hard thing of taking that break was crucial in allowing me to come back stronger. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Take the break, <laughs> give yourself yeah. the permission. Oh my gosh, I can relate so much. I remember, like, you're bringing back these memories that I have of telling my teachers as a college dance major that I was, in my case, I was leaving the dance program. Like, I wanted to just, I didn't, I was still, I wanted to dance. I didn't want to stop dancing, but I knew that I had to stop studying it. And I wanted to just gain more balance in my life. That's kind of when I transitioned to nutrition. Um, but aside from that, how would you define, I asked everyone on the show the same question. How would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? You've really touched on a lot of it throughout the chat. Yeah, I think the first thing that came to mind is mind-body connection. So um, I think for a long time, I didn't understand. You know, I was a kid. I didn't understand that your body is so connected to your mind and your mind is so connected to your body. So when you're not feeling great or whatever, in my case, you know, I'm someone with anxiety. So, so I learned over the years that those symptoms that pop up for me, they're just little alarm clocks of like, hey, something is not connecting. Something's going on. Maybe I'm not getting enough sleep or I'm not fueling my body enough. So what I've learned to do is to really, really connect my mind to my body and just take a moment and really listen to my gut of what I need at that moment to be the best version of myself and to be the healthy dancer. So it was learning that, um, that your mind and your body are not two separate things. They are so intertwined. And once you're able to connect those things, which I think is like a lifelong <laughs> lesson, um, it's not done overnight. Um, but this really beautiful kind of like harmony of just functioning as a person day to day um, comes and it's so nice to live that way. Um, again, it's not easy, but I would say being a healthy dancer is connecting the mind and body um, and understanding that they're actually like one thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that it's a journey and that it's not something to kind of just do access and be like, oh, I connected my mind and body. We're done. I'm set. Yeah. I am balanced and I am the healthy dancer for lifelong. <laughs> but it's actually, yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. But no, it's actually a journey. I mean, I say this with dancers all the time, even with myself, diet culture, when we're talking about messages around food and body, um, especially those like very unsustainable messages, yeah. it's all, all around us. Like we just have to go into a supermarket and we'll be inundated with messaging that can be very triggering for anyone, even someone who has done in my case, 15 years of, of studies of work on this, on these topics, you know what I mean? So it's important to realize like every day you wake up, it's always going to be, you're working on this and you're working on what something that you are also telling us that you're doing is, I don't know if you realize it, is you're, you're 
able to label and categorize like what is a helpful thought, what is an unhelpful thought, what is your mind, like you said, I think you said like um, the little alerts that come up for you mentally, it's like, well, what is that telling me? Is it telling me I'm not getting enough sleep? Is it telling me I'm not fueling my body enough? So I think that just comes together so well. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's yeah. thing that I can share with your audience. Um, and again, everyone listening, like this is something that I'm still, I'm constantly, constantly working on. It's like a choice every single day. Um, it's, it's easy to kind of ignore your body's cues. Um, mm -hmm it's just up to you later. So I'm, I'm learning to kind of stop and, um, and listen because it's, it's happening for a reason, you know? So, uh, one specific example I have with that for the dancers listening hunger cues. Sometimes it's so easy for us to go throughout our day and not hear hunger, not feel hunger because we're so busy. Sounds like you're like this as well, Adi, a multitasker, yeah. you know, it's constantly doing a zillion different things. <laughs> um, basically it comes at you until your body is screaming at you, whether that's you being in a bad mood or whether that's you being really exhausted, whether that's yep. you having obsessive thoughts about food. So it is so important to not just be listening, but to also have a very proactive approach because sometimes you will be busy and it will be hard to listen. So making sure that you have a plan in place, whether that's like a fueling plan, maybe it's a cross training plan, so forth, just so that you are there, you're showing up for your body and your mind. A hundred percent. And something like um, a little more, I guess, tangible, um, which I'm sure you've shared. You share so many amazing things. Um, uh, for me, I'm, I'm a very, like, organized, list-oriented person, okay? So if I have a, a shoot tomorrow or something, you know, I have my outfits that I'm going to do. I have write down what videos we're going to create and all those things. And then I actually write down pack snacks or like mm. fill water bottle like it's become a feeling my body has become a part of my routine as opposed to an afterthought so that's been really helpful too if anyone um on here is a little bit more forgetful because sometimes I'll, I'll get somewhere and be like oh i forgot to pack my granola bar um but i've let it become a part of my planning and my little to-do list um and that's become a lot easier too so just like yeah. a <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today thank you again by the way for having me on your show it has been such a pleasure chatting with you thank you so much rachel